Living it up with Teresa is designed with the cool chicks in mind. Are you serious? Her hope is that you will desire to pursue God's presence in your life. What? After hearing of her experiences with him or from listening to great comeback chick stories from her captivating guest. That's amazing. This is Scott, her loving husband and biggest fan. Oh, that's so sweet, honey. Now here's my awesome and beautiful wife, Teresa. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in today. I'm so excited to bring you another episode of uh, a cool chick comeback story of mine with somebody who is just a favorite person that I don't get to see very often anymore, but who is near and dear to my heart. Um, Her name is Beth Plemons, and she is a cool chick with a great comeback story in regards to her health. And I had the privilege of running into her about a year ago in... uh, a church I used to attend in my other life, and uh, I didn't know that she had uh, survived breast cancer. And, um, you know, those of you listening have probably come across many people who have a, a tragedy, a tragic story in regards to cancer, and some of them have great, um, you know, outcomes, and, and that's that's what this is. But Beth said something to me in our conversation that really just stuck with me oh, for a year. And when I decided to do this particular podcast, um, the Lord had laid her on my heart and I got in touch with her. And so I thank you for listening. Um, we're going to just share a brief history for those of you that, you know, maybe have been recently diagnosed or know someone that has. So um, you can put the pieces together. But really what this is about is uh Beth sharing her experience, strength, and hope with the hope that you will also connect with what she has to say and that you will understand why I decided to invite her in based upon our conversation. Anyway, welcome, Beth. Thank you very much. You look beautiful as always. Thank you. And I'm sure they can all tell that right now. (laughs) Well, there's your picture right there. And uh, y'all also need to know that this this girl can sing. Mm. She's got a beautiful, beautiful voice. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we're just going to get right into it because we want to be respectful of people's time. And I've, I'm just going to take you guys through basically what life was like before Beth experienced this. And we're going to talk about what happened. And then we're going to talk about what life is like now. So, Beth, you know, this is what people always want to know. Was there any family history in your family? No, there was not any. Um, I, my mom, my grandparents, my or my grandmothers, aunts, none. So, you know, I've, it's, it's kind of funny because I thought back and I've had uh, different times when I thought, I bet I'm going to be one of the statistics. Mm. But not wishing it upon myself, mm-hmm. but just always thinking, Hmm. There's five of us girls in the room. I bet it's going to be me. Is that right? Isn't that crazy? Wow. But anyway, but no, there was no history whatsoever. Wow. Any symptoms that you had? I had no symptoms. I remember um, one Sunday, and if there's guys listening out there, some of this might be a little too much information, a little TMI. (laughs) But um, one Sunday, I just remembered feeling this twinge or, or, you know, in my left or my right breast. And I thought, what is that? And it just made me <laughs> kind of all, all afternoon was just kind of rubbing my arm across it going, go away. Mm-hmm. And then that night I took a bath and did a self-exam and I felt a knob. 
And it wasn't just a, a normal little lump in your skin. It was considerable. Mm. And I, and I went and told Daryl what I was, what I was thought I was finding and went to the doctor the very next day. The very next day. Yeah. When was the last time you had done a self-exam? Well, I go in for yearly exams with my doctor Mm -hmm. and, um, here is where it was a no-no. Okay. Because I was 43 mm-hmm. when I found the lump. And so when you tur- when I turned 40, my doctor had given me my first prescription for um, a mammogram. I'm a procrastinator. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I didn't go get it at age 40. I went back for my annual at 41. Oh, doctor, I didn't go. Can I have another prescription for that, please? So another prescription at 41. Okay. Still didn't go. 42, I went in. Beth, you still haven't gone for that mammogram? No, I didn't. And this was like in October. Mm-hmm. And um, still had not gone. And But he had done, you know, he had sure. done my examinations and all that. And so, um, and everything was fine in October. Mm-hmm. And then this was in March, the following March. Wow. And I never went in for my mammogram. Okay. So, so there you go. There's one. Heads up, girls. Yes. Go get your mammogram. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we're so glad that you ended up going and getting your mammogram. Wow. Okay. And so, um, list. I mean, do you have any answers as to why you got breast cancer? Maybe lifestyle, mm-hmm. stress. Did they say anything to you? No. Like, because I, I even did uh, genetic testing mm-hmm. just to see if there, I had, if I carried the gene or anything like that. I just, I think I just chalk it up to. A product of our environment. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I don't know what else to say about that. Mm-hmm. More plastic, more tin cans, more microwaving, more processed foods. Mm-hmm. I'm not a health nut. Mm-hmm. I'm going to live and enjoy, and <laughs> but be as smart as I can. Right. Um, but I think that's just what I kind of came down to the conclusion of. Because there was nothing genetically that the doctors could explain. I didn't have any history. Okay. And... So, yeah, well, I mean, that's what else can you say? Right. And I've, I've certainly heard that before. And have you made any changes in, in the, the way that you were taking parts of the environment into your body or whatever? <laughs> well, you know, I, I mean, I, I prefer not the microwave just as a preference, whether I had cancer or not, but did you um, give it up? I don't say I gave it up, okay. but I don't, if I don't use it, I don't have to, but that's, yeah. They say that milks and sugars yeah. and that kind of thing, cancer really feeds on it. And and I tried to change some of that. Mm-hmm. And and I've, I try to be careful, but by no means have I cut it out. I understand. And um, I asked my doctor, I said, do I need to, am I at risk mm-hmm. if I keep eating normal? You mm-hmm. know, within mm-hmm. moderation for everything, of mm-hmm. course. But mm-hmm. she said... You're really not. I mean, if you've got cancer cells in your body, you've got cancer cells in your body. Is that right? And so I just thought, you know what? I'm not going to live in fear. Mm-mm. I'm just going to live my life, enjoy each day, be wise, mm-hmm. take care of what the Lord has given me. Mm-hmm. And I probably could still do better at that. But can't we, can't all? we all? Exactly. Can't we all? <laughs> okay. Before we move on, is there okay. anything about all of what we just discussed that you want to add? I don't think so. I mean, I really was just living life, yeah. raising three kids, married, do, I mean, just 
busy doing what we all do, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so okay. there's nothing that I think I look back and go, I shouldn't have done that. Okay. To, uh, that's what would have prevented this because nobody can do that. How long had you and Daryl been married? Because I remember when you were single. Yes. We've been, we will be married um, in January, 17 years. So I am five. So I guess it was about 12 years then. Okay. So Mm -hmm. at the time you were 12 years into your Mm -hmm. marriage. Okay. Okay. Well, then we're going to move on. So here you are. You've been given this diagnosis. I want to know what did you think and what were you feeling when you heard the words, Beth? Well, you have. Yeah. You, you got know the what? big C. Yeah. You got the big C. Well, I had gone, um, like I said, I went pretty quick. That was a gift that I didn't have to wait in between mm. appointments. You know, because so many times you hear stories of people like, well, I found this lump, but I can't go to the doctor for three more weeks. For, I mean, like, you know, people like, yeah. just can't get in. And so... Did you tell them, hey, I found this? Well, my doctor, he just sent me in for a diagnostic mammogram. And I was able to get in with the next two or three days. Okay. Because you said you called the next day mm-hmm. or you went in the next well, day? Well, I called him the next day okay. and I went and saw, I think I saw him within the next, like within two days. Good for I saw you. him pretty quick. Okay. Pretty quick. Yeah. But, um, so I went, they sent me for a diagno- diagnostic mammogram and I'd gone by myself. I mean, there was no reason to take people, anybody at that mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And so, um, when the radiologist, well, actually, let me back up for a second. It was my first mammogram, if you'll remember, that I had not taken any. Mm-hmm. And so when I walked by the monitor after the technician had done everything to get all the shots that she needed, and I saw the image on the monitor, and I saw this big white blob, I've never read a mammogram, but I was like, that's cancer. Mm. I knew right then. Is that right? So I sat, and she said, well... Um, Go ahead and get dressed again. We'll send you out there, and the radiologist will come visit with you. And once she reads the, once she reads the, um, what do you call them? The films. Yeah. And so, um, so I did. And they called me back into the room. The radiologist came in there, and she just said, "Well, you probably need to go get a biopsy." Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to tell you like on. She said on a scale of one to five, one, don't worry about it. We'll just watch it over the next few years. And five being worrisome. This is worrisome. Okay. So I'm there by myself. Just go. Mm-hmm. I received it just as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't sink back onto the table. I didn't gasp. I mean, I didn't have that big dramatic reaction. Mm-hmm. But I remember just being, okay, what's the next step? What we got to do. Right. Mm-hmm. It was just real matter of fact. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember that specifically. And so um, I went in for uh, for my uh, biopsy, mm-hmm. and first I, you know, of course, told my husband. We he was been up to date on all that, and then finally told my mom because I didn't want to tell my mom because we just lost my dad. I found the lump the week of the anniversary, one year anniversary of my dad's death. So I didn't want to tell her. Right. I didn't want to burden her with sure. something else, mm-hmm. you know, that she was already emotionally struggling with great loss. Mm. And so, um, I finally told her. And so she and Daryl went with me to the, um, to get the, I'm losing my word to get the biopsy. Mm-hmm. And the doctor, once he was in there doing the biopsy, he said, I'm not doing a biopsy to find out if you have cancer. I'm doing a biopsy to tell you what kind of cancer. 
And so that was that was pretty definitive, you know. And so mom and Daryl and I just drove home in a very quiet car. You know, it was very, there was not much conversation. I remember just driving down 114 thinking, what what does this mean? You know, of course my mind just went crazy. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I quickly spoke with people who were either walking the same journey or who had, um, been already gone through it and got incredible counsel. Mm -hmm. One specifically from Sharon Washburn. Mm -hmm. She is a sweet lady that was, that went to our church Mm -hmm. and she, was just months ahead of me. Maybe, I don't even know. Maybe it's more like a year's ahead of me, a year or more ahead of me on her journey. But she just said, don't go down, don't cross a bridge before you have to. Mm -hmm. I mean, Beth, don't think about something that you're not even given yet. Mm -hmm. You know, and so those were just little nuggets of information. And even my doctor said, you getting back in your car and driving home, you have a greater chance of being killed in that car then you do have this cancer killing you so little things that just made me don't live in fear don't worry about this cancer Mm -hmm. live your life do what you do and just keep and and get well Mm -hmm. you know so like him i know i had great doctors yeah yeah okay wow i i'm with you now i'm still with you okay so so that's what you did first and so how, we didn't really say how Daryl and, and your kids took the news. And how old were your children at the time? Ooh, let's see. It was five years ago. So my oldest would have been about 10 or 11. And you have three. Cal, I have three. Cal is my oldest, and he was about 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. Cameron would have been, um, should have been about eight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Cannon would have been about six or seven. Okay. So... Young little guys. They were all in school. Mm-hmm. And Daryl, I think the caregiver has a very, I think they have a harder role than the actual patient, that, you know, because they are helpless. Yes. But Daryl took it. I mean, he's strong and he's a great support. And um, I never saw him break and I never saw him crumble. I mean, he was, he was, I was trying to be a pillar and he was the next one right next to me. You mm-hmm. know, so what? He was there. We were having to hold it all up together, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we told the kids, we wanted to take them to the park. So we, after church one Sunday, we took them to the park and um, just wanted to, we didn't want to scare them with it. We first just asked, guys, what do y'all think when you hear the word cancer? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they said, well, just somebody's sick. Mm-hmm. And my fear was that they were going to say, well, so you die, mm-hmm. you know, I, and I, I was so thankful. All three of them said, well, somebody's sick. Mm-hmm. You're sick. A person's sick, mm-hmm. you know? And I said, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. I said, mom has cancer and, and I'm just, a, I am sick, yeah. but the doctor says that there's medicine that can help and the medicine will probably make mom more sick looking, acting, and feeling than the cancer actually will. Okay. You know, so I tried to just, Mm -hmm. they were so, so young. Mm -hmm. I didn't want them to be, I didn't want to be afraid. I didn't want them to 
worry. I didn't, you know, just all those things. And um, I let all their teachers at school know so that they could watch for any crate, you know, just acting out or behavior that was different. And right. here's going to be why. Right. Because they don't know how to process their emotions and things. But they really, <clears throat> all through my treatment, they were able to go to Dallas to stay with um, aunts and grandparents. And while I would, on, on weekends, I would do my treatment Thursday. They would go for the weekend because it was over the summer. Mm -hmm. And they would come home on a Sunday afternoon and life would be right back to normal. That's great. So they really, I asked them just the other day, um, I said, back thinking back to when I had cancer, did, were y'all ever scared or did you, were you worried I was going to die? And they're teenagers now and they're like, no. Mm. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, well, good. Mm -hmm. But they never worried mm -hmm. because life just kept on going. That's right. And that's what Daryl and I had to do. We had to make life keep going. And, and, and Daryl, how did he handle it okay? Mm -hmm. He did great. He was my number one supporter. Okay. He was great. That's awesome. <clears throat> so when you look back now... At, at those at this time do you see how do you recognize God's presence in that time Beth I mean you know where he was at work before it all actually happened that makes sense to you now like example had some people come into your life that had been through it and ended up being there for you and maybe before it all happened you're like wow that's really sorry that they had to go through that but wow yeah like that mm -hmm. anything mm -hmm. well and I mentioned Sharon Washburn yeah a while ago and she she really was my the person I looked to. Okay. She I mean God put her in my path just at the right time. I mean I had known her since I was in middle school because mm -hmm. she and her husband were ministers at our church mm -hmm. and um and so I I had a respect for her already and I knew her and her kids and mm -hmm. um and the way she walked mm -hmm. and carried this burden mm -hmm. and the way it was a, her journey the way it looked. And the way she represented the Lord, it was a, it was, it was beautiful. That yes. sounds, that sounds so cheesy, but it really was, yeah. it was comforting. It was, she made it look okay, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, she just gave me nuggets of mm -hmm. wisdom. Like mm -hmm. I said, she gave me encouragement. Mm -hmm. One time she, she came and had, um, I was at the chemo room and receiving chemo that day and the room is just it's an, they call it an infusion room and there's just rows of recliners and poles with ivs and real clinical you know not real warm and glamorous, fuzzy not right. glamorous at all and <clears throat> sharon had gone before me and left a package mm -hmm. and it had little chocolates and warm socks and because your feet get cold and just all these little and lotion and mm -hmm. stuff like that and in there with the with the chocolates she said, don't forget the sweetness of the Lord. Aww. Don't miss the sweet moments. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I thought, that is such a great mm -hmm. thing. Don't get, you know, don't have my everything looking at me mm -hmm. and looking at cancer and looking at treatment and looking at mm -hmm. watch for the Lord yeah. in every one of these moments. That's right. And my first mm -hmm. sweetness mm -hmm. was here I am sitting in my chemo chair and they're lined up, you know, there's some that face one another. And catty corner across from me, my very first treatment day, was a lady who um, was on the end of the exact same treatment I was starting. Mm. Like, she said, this is my last day. And I said, oh, well, what's your, what's your diagnosis? And she'd had breast cancer. 
and she had the same thing. I had invasive ductal carcinoma, mm -hmm. and she had the same thing too. Wow. Which I guess there's also another, it's called HER2 positive. Okay. And so she was like, and I'm just finishing up. Hmm. And I was like, this is one of those sweet moments from the Lord. He's showing me somebody at the end right. of what I'm just now starting. Right. So that was just, yes. you know, just those little reminders from people mm -hmm. um, that really helped me focus. And and I just want to say, I was looking for that. Thank you so much. Those of y'all that are listening, in the world that we live in, people want hope. They want to know that God is real. They want to know answers to why what's happening. If he really is real, why is all this happening? Mm -hmm. Even people that have been walking with the Lord from a long, for a long time can still question that. And, and I wanted Beth to share that, to let you know that when tragedy strikes your life, and you can look back and see how God had planted these precious people mm -hmm. in your life before, before you ever knew that right. you were going to be right. facing this, mm -hmm. that they were going to, they stepped up to the plate and you look back out and go, wow, I didn't even know, but thank God that Sharon was there for me. And that's wonderful that Sharon was there for you, but that is God's presence. Yes. Everybody listening. That mm -hmm. is evidence of his love for you, Beth. That's evidence of your love, his love for anybody that's listening. When you realize if you just look, God is, is, is working all the time mm -hmm. in the big and in the small. And when you had those experiences with him, in spite of what you were going through, he becomes so real. And that's when you fall in love with him for the first time or over and over and over again when we realize and stop long enough to realize that was God. Or he just did this. Or, wow, I can't believe that. Well, yeah, I believe it because he's showing you. Mm -hmm. He loves you, and he's providing what you need at that time or what you're going to need. And right. so I really, really want to drive that home with people because so many people are like, I just don't see God at all. Really? Yeah, and it's, you know what, and it's um, it's easy when you're, when you're diagnosed with something with, like, cancer mm -hmm. to say, what did I do? Where did I go wrong? Why is God mad at me? What, of course. You know, and, and I think some of that might be part of our personalities, mm -hmm. Um, either you do or you don't kind of ask those questions in life, mm -hmm. but there's, uh, I mean, we're not punished like that. God right. is a merciful God. Mm -hmm. We are in a world that he's let decisions be made freely, you mm -hmm. know? And then as a result of those decisions, we, there's, there's consequences in the world and, right. and, and cancer wasn't necessarily a consequence on me, mm -hmm. but you know, maybe it was from generations. We, we've been stricken with illnesses mm -hmm. that sins of generations and generations and generations ago. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I just think that it's just an opportunity for the Lord just to use me, to grow me, mm -hmm. to show me, Beth, you don't have everything you think you have in your little finger. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you need me more than you realize. That's right. And, you know, some people don't like that word used. I don't want to be used by anybody, including God. Right. Some of y'all are mad. You don't even want to. That sounds like too much work to you. Well, you know what? We'll just say this. God wants to work through these, yeah. these hard times. It's always part of your story. It's always part of your story. And it's always about your growth. God wants us to continue to grow spiritually 
all the time. And that's what these experiences, you know, can do for us if we'll allow them to. And boy, how it changes things. And we'll talk about that later, how you understand what's important and what's not. Right. Oh, really? Yeah, real quick. Well, we, we talked beforehand about you not really wanting to talk about the fact that you did not get sick. We know you lost your hair, mm-hmm. but that you didn't get sick. And, and and I want you to go ahead and say that because there may be someone out there with a new diagnosis that has not taken treatment yet to encourage say, hey, you may not lose, you may you may you may not get right. sick either. Right, right, right. So go ahead, please tell okay. people that. Well, and you know every, I, I could have sat in three chairs and everybody around me have the exact same doc- diagnosis. Every one of them could have had invasive ductal carcinoma, HER2 positive. Mm. And all three, four, five of us would have three, four, five different experiences. Mm. So I, I was real careful about saying, you know, trying to compare stories. I never wanted to compare experiences. My experience was this. My experience was that, you know, just, mm-hmm. but yours might not be that way, mm-hmm. you know? So I wanted, I made sure I was, I, I tried very hard to be sensitive to that. Mm-hmm. Just, um, but like you said, there is that possibility. There's that opportunity. Um, the the drug, chemo and the drugs that I had were harsh. I mean, because they said I had a very aggressive cancer and they needed to get it quickly. Mm-hmm. And so I did, um, I did chemo pretty, I mean, six weeks, no, 12 weeks of chemo and then another round of that. And my hair fell out while I was, once I took the chemo, um, for the next three or four days, I was really tired, mm-hmm. you know, so that came into play, but cause there's this chemical in my body, this poison yes. that's trying to kill those cells, the good and the bad, the good and the bad. But, um, they also gave me this anti-nausea medicine mm-hmm. that my body just responded wow. to that. I, I never mm-hmm. got nauseous and wanted to throw up. I never got sick. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, with, because of the steroids, I had a it greatly increased appetite mm. and the richer the food, the better. Hmm. Um, I did have this one, it was called the red devil. It was a drug called the red devil. And I hated that mm-hmm. name. Mm-hmm. So I thought, I don't want nothing mm-hmm. that's labeled devil mm-hmm. going inside my body. Yeah, there's a vacuum but cleaner with that. Name. I, right. Right. <laughs> the dirt I devil. said, but, but if it's going to kill these yes. cells, then Lord it make on. it work. Mm-hmm. Do with it what you mm-hmm. gave the men and women the wisdom and knowledge to create it. Make it work. Absolutely. And so um, now because it's like a red liquid, mm-hmm. drinking red Kool-Aid, mm-hmm. that just makes me nauseous. Oh, I can't I'm think sure. about it. I'm sure. But as far as really, really getting sick, man. You were blessed. Uh, well, and you know what? I'm talking about being careful with words. Mm-hmm. I am. I was thankful. Yeah. Very thankful. Because I want to be careful in, in saying I was blessed mm-hmm. to not get sick. Mm-hmm. Because does that mean the person who gets sick isn't? They may be blessed in another way. They may not lose exactly, their hair. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I try to be, I don't know. I, de- I definitely felt blessed and am blessed. And I know I'm blessed. I just wanted to be careful in of saying, course. you know. Well, and when you lost your hair too, how quickly w- were you able to get ready now? Oh, girl, I loved losing my hair. It was within two weeks that I lost my hair, within two weeks. And um, maybe I'll share some pictures that you can post up yeah, there because there was really that. funny ones, yeah. too. Yeah. But, um, oh, I loved it. I would put on a ball cap, and the less hair, the bigger the earrings got. Oh, 
so, so um, a ball cap, and if I subbed, because I was subbing at my kids' schools, then I, that's when I would wear my wig. Or if I was on the praise team that Sunday morning, that's when I would wear my wig. Otherwise, I was a cue ball, or I had on a ball cap. That's okay. Yeah, I loved it. Hey, that's all right. So how did your faith play into this? How did it help you cope with what you were going through? I mean, you, I'm sure you pressed into your faith like mm. never before. Oh, it was... Yeah, you know, we've all experienced some sort of desperation. Mm -hmm. I mean, whether it's simple or major, Mm -hmm. we've all felt desperate for something. And Daryl and I had never felt so desperate for the Lord Mm -hmm. because there was not one thing we could do other than what the doctors instructed us to do. We had no power over this cancer. Mm-hmm. That's right. We had no authority over what what it was going to do, and so we were in one hundred percent in submission to the Lord and His will and His and how He was going to work th- through the cancer mm-hmm. in our lives. Mm-hmm. And um, so we really our, our relationship with the Lord grew incredibly. Mm-hmm. Um. We, we prayed morning and night together. We did uh, Jesus Calling daily devotionals, and it spoke to every single day. I think every person who ever reads that book yes. knows yes. that. How does it know what I'm doing today? Yeah. You know, but um, it was it was a really sweet time with the Lord, and one that I kind of long for again. I understand. We're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna touch on that. Yeah, we're gonna touch on that. Okay, you know, I wanted to ask you, um, is there a scripture that you stood on, a prayer that you prayed? Did you put some routines in place that maybe were, you know, were not mm-hmm. part of your life? Yeah. Well, and like, like I said, um, Daryl and I, of course, we're, we're a praying family, but we never had really been in the practice of praying together. Sure. And we, wow. we did then. I mean, like, you know, just like we, we pray at our table. We pray over specific things. Hmm. We just didn't on a regular basis, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so this, it really brought that yeah. back okay. and, um, and doing our daily devotionals. Mm-hmm. We read it together all the time mm-hmm. and that was good. And just the routine of, of, of the Lord, because mm-hmm. we get so busy in our other routines mm-hmm. and our daily schedules that, um, it's, it's easy to, to kind of put that or not make the Lord first. Mm-hmm. And, and it just was a, a a very a harsh reminder of who needed to be first. That's right. And so, but it was a sweet thing. And James one, two, and three and is that's one. That's in the New Testament for anybody that might not or might be new or not familiar. <laughs> right, right. And James one, um, verse two. I'll, I'll see if I can see it from here. It says, <laughs> "Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind." Because you know that the, what does that say? Because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And so um, I just considered my cancer joy because of where it brought us with the Lord. Could you say that again? I considered my cancer joy because of where it brought, brought Daryl and I and me specifically where it brought me in my relationship with the Lord. Okay. I know that's hard for some people to understand. Yeah. And I mean, and I think we've all, 
Um, if you're, you know, listening to Bible stories as a kid, you hear of, was it Paul that was in prison and he counted all the suffering joy yes. Yes. and he, and he praised the Lord in the midst of his suffering. Mm-hmm. I never got that. Mm-hmm. It's like, what? I mean, good. Mm-hmm. That's a Bible story. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to praise the Lord, mm-hmm. <laughs> you right, know, right. but this is when I got it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because of my suffering, I had nowhere else to look, nowhere else to turn, nowhere else to find my, I mean, my joy. I could find joy in my kids and my family, mm-hmm. but it's short-lived. But I was like, yeah. So it it was a sweet, sweet time. Maintain that because you can find that peace in those people when they're around, but when they're not, you know, the Lord's always there. Yes, right. You know, and and uh, I'm so grateful for for people and how he. Like you were talking about Sharon Washburn and different ones, but when they're all back in school and he's back at work and it's just you mm-hmm. and your home not maybe filling up to par, yeah, he's always there. Right. And I'm so grateful for that. So very grateful for that. Yeah, and I'm not going to say that I didn't have my little pity stories or <laughs> parties or, you know, if I found myself crying in the shower, mm-hmm. then I would just say, okay, that's over. That's done. So you did give yourself a little bit of time. I let myself do that. A little bit of time. But I didn't let myself stay right. there. Right. You didn't have that victim Don't mentality. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. Poor me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know that some people, that they struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it does no one any good. That's right. <laughs> and, and again, those of y'all that may be new in your faith, we want you to understand that when we do fall into that, and there's a time when you, um, you just, you know, you don't have the spiritual strength or energy mm-hmm. to... It's almost like a mourn. You're mourning probably in some ways the way you thought it was supposed to be. And that's okay. We can't just just ignore that. But we also have to realize, you know, that's exactly staying in that is where the enemy wants us. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where he'll get us and keep us down. And when when you can finally recognize this is this is not the Lord, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Exactly. And if I'm lacking some some strength here, then I need to get with him and, and call on his joy again and he can fill you back up. So we just want you to get a fight a fighter mentality and realize, you know, I'm not gonna give in to this. This is not God. This is what the enemy wants me to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can fight back. We fight back with scripture, we fight back with the word of God, we fight back with prayer and, and that's as she has already mentioned, that's where your growth is going to come from. When you recognize who you are in Christ and you don't have to put up with these negative emotions, regardless of what's going on, you can address them maybe a little bit each day, but don't stay there. Keep moving forward. And, and what when you supply that willingness, God will come and do the rest of it for you. If mm-hmm. you could just put one foot out of bed, he'll help you put the other one. That's right. Just take the first foot and put it on the floor. Yeah, and I, re- I also remember telling myself, if I started getting, getting afraid or scared mm-hmm. of, what if I don't see my kids graduate? Sure. What if, you know, that bridge that I'm not supposed to cross yet, mm-hmm. if I started getting fearful of things, yeah. I just reminded myself, fear is not of the Lord. That's right. And if I was dwelling in mm-hmm. fear, mm-hmm. then I was dwelling along with the king of lies, you know, the ruler of lies, and I didn't want to be there. Yeah. And, and so I just had to tell myself, this is not of the Lord. Put it away. In the name of Jesus, you are not going to be here. Right. And so yes. I just really had to, I just dwelt on 
the joy. I had to. And fear is a spirit. The Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Mm-hmm. See, he called it's called a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So when I mean fear has torment. We have physical symptoms from that. Yes. It messes with the, our our thinking. We tremble. That's that is not God. That is a spirit of fear. And when you can recognize that. Because that, you know, faith tolerated is fear contaminated. And we've, most of us have heard that. And fear is false evidence appearing real. So once we can recognize fear for what it is, it is a spirit, we can take control over it. And it doesn't have to control us. And I, I'm the world's worst. I'm, I've dealt with fear my whole life. So I totally, totally know where you're coming from. And probably those of y'all listening too. Is there anything else you want to address on that? I don't think so. I might think of something in a minute. But yeah. Right <laughs> so how long were all of your, your treatments until you finally, they said, okay, it's good. Everything looks good. You can stop now and take the port out and mm-hmm. go yeah. to six months or whatever. Well, um, from surgery, which was in May. Of what uh, year? Of 2010. Okay. Till November of 2011. I went from surgery um, to chemo for about 24 weeks. And then radiation okay. for every day for, goodness, I don't know how many um, treatments I forget now. But um, so the, uh, about a year and a half, I guess. Mm-hmm. Almost about a year and a half. Okay. That was it. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. And then, and then at the following spring break, because mm-hmm. I, I had a mastectomy is what I had initially. Cause, did. Yeah, let me just say this really quick. The doctor had t- given me options, <laughs> lumpectomy versus mastectomy. And I'm just really, matter of fact, and I said, give me my, re- like, help me weigh the pros and cons of each. You know, she said with a lumpectomy, you know, I'll get, I'll get the margins that I think. And then until pathology comes back, I won't know if it's clear or not. And if it's not clear, we go in and do it again. Mm-hmm. With a mastectomy, we will have complete clear margins because we will remove all breast tissue. Mm-hmm. And I said, our conversation is done. That's right. If I don't have time to do it right the first time, I don't have time to go back and do it again. Absolutely. <laughs> and so, um, so then, but she said, we can only do single because we need to get in there and get that chem- chemo done, started immediately. Okay. So then the, the next spring break is when I went in and had an elective second mastectomy okay. and started the process for reconstruction because again, she just said, as long as there's, because I asked her the weights, pros and cons about having a second mastectomy. Mm-hmm. And she said, as long as you have breast tissue with, since you've had a history of cancer now, there is a chance of reoccurrence. Mm. You remove breast tissue, you remove the probability. Case again, closed. our conversation is finished. That's No more to talk about on that. That's right. That's right. Okay, Beth, so that chapter in your life is closed, mm-hmm. and here you are, and things are getting back to what the new normal is, and things are probably not the way they were. They're better. Um, so now that, you know, we've been humbled by this experience, and we view God differently in our relationship with Him, and we realize what's important and what's not, and what we can live with and what we can live without, and this is really not that big of a deal, and whoa god thank you for humility and showing me you know what's really important in life um i want you to 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 talk about what you this is what she told me you all when i saw her one year ago this month at a friend's funeral 
when she had told me that she had had cancer. And I had heard that, but I had forgotten. Mm-hmm. She said to me, and I want y'all to hear this because we want you to, to take it right. She had told me that they did not miss the cancer. What they missed, what they felt like they were mourning was the relationship and the intimacy that they had with God during that time, during that valley, that once things got back to normal, that they were like, whoa, we love him and and we're going to continue to serve him and he saved my life. But why do we have to suffer? Why do we have to go through all that to feel him so near to us? And you told me we are mourning that, that, that you were... I don't know that you said you were grateful for cancer, but because of that experience, you know, it's like you're getting back at the enemy, ha ha ha, mm-hmm. on you. It just drew me closer to my Savior. That's what we want to talk about. Yeah. What? And it was, I don't know if it was a couple of weeks or if it was a month or so mm. after I was quote unquote done with all of that. But Daryl and I, we were quickly back into our routine, mm-hmm. quickly back into life, quickly back into the okay, let's go, let's do, let's come, let's go. Or, you know, just all the things that come with raising three kids and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. being really involved in church and doing all the sports, a lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. We got really busy again. And we, we were laying in bed one night, and I just started crying. Mm-hmm. And I said, Daryl, I think I'm mourning the loss of cancer. Wow. I said, because it brought me to such a sweet place with the Lord. And I was so dependent on him that now, okay, I don't need you anymore, Lord. I'm healthy now. Let's go. Was almost what, how I was living out my life. Wow. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I've, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm back to all those sweet places with the Lord because I'm still distracted by the busyness of life. Mm -hmm. And I still really have to be very, very intentional with my relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we're involved in church. We're class leaders in our Sunday school class. I'm on the praise team at church. Our kids are involved in the youth group mission trip, you know, good, good, good. Well, okay, let's chalk all that Mm -hmm. up, but too much good can really be bad. Mm -hmm. Especially when it's distracting from your relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. So good and bad yeah. that I'm cancer free. <laughs> then this December, this, this month, um, marks, um, my five years, I guess November, Woo-hoo. November really was five years of uh-huh. being cancer free, but December will be my six month checkup. Maybe it's going to roll over into January now that I'm really thinking about it. But, um, here in the next few weeks, Mm-hmm. I will have that last six month checkup that will determine when I go to every year. Mm-hmm. So the holidays are always going to be so different for you. Yeah. Have a different meaning. Exactly. That's exactly. A good thing. It is. It is. But I just, I don't want tragedy to strike mm-hmm. for me to notice my desperation for God. Yes. I wake up in the morning, put my feet on the floor and I should already be desperate for the Lord, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so I just... I don't know what, I don't want to ramble about that, but we did mourn the loss of cancer because of what a sweet place it took us Wow, with the relationship. Well, those of y'all that follow Scott and I know both know our stories. We both have been married before and, um, we've been through some 
some pretty serious valleys ourselves. And I can speak to that too, mm-hmm. because, um, I can look back on those years of my life, um, how I, it just turned me upside down. And I realized, you know, how, how many things I didn't need and how many things were really not that important. I saw what I could get by with and what I didn't need anymore because what was important to me was spending time with God because that's where I was finding my peace and that's where I was finding my strength and that's where I was finding my comfort mm-hmm. you know he created us that way Beth not in other relationships and things mm-hmm. yeah that's the way that he created us um, was to want him and desire him and in those moments when we experience now it just helps us look forward to eternity because it'll be like that all the time no more sadness no more sickness no more desire disease, no more divorce, no more cancer, yes. none of that. Right. So whenever I do um, start feeling like, and I know for me, what you're talking about for me, th- when that happens is because I'm too busy. Mm-hmm. I can't leave. I cannot leave my house without spending time with the Lord, whether it's five minutes or, you know, 30 minutes or whatever the case may be, because I'm, I, I got to have him. I'm like, you said, I'm desperate for him when I get first get out of bed. Right. And when those times I'm feeling empty, the cares of the world have become too big to me. I'm too concerned with what really doesn't matter. And because of that valley that I was in and what I experienced with him, it reminds me, you are too caught up in what doesn't really matter matter mm-hmm. and when he puts that check in me and brings that to my heart again into my mind i'm so grateful you know i'm so grateful uh, to reach that place to where it was okay that it was just me and him because i really didn't need anything or anybody else and anything anybody else he decided to give me was just icing on the cake right because through that experience i realized he was really all that i needed and i run to him and just get filled back up again. And I'm, I didn't know that I needed him like I did until I was desperate, like you said. Right. I, I was raised in a Christian home, but I just really knew who he was. I, I didn't know who. I, I knew about him, but I didn't know who he was until I was so desperate for him. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, when God um, moves and, and uh, changes your life and your circumstances and changes you, He'll make a believer out of you. Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's, that's, a, right. that's a fact, whether he saved your life or mm-hmm. whatever the, whatever it is. And so we want to encourage y'all to just, whatever value you're in, whatever you're going through, and getting caught up in how bad the world is and what you hear is going on, God's always there. Just, just keep running back to him. Just go spend time with him. And we're not saying to be weird. You don't have to visualize him hanging on the cross. You don't have to, you know, be legalistic about it. Just be still. Just be still and allow him to calm you down. It, it may just be you saying, Jesus, help me, or I love you. I love you. The, the Bible says that he inhabits the praise of his people. Mm-hmm. When we get That's with right. him and just say, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, he will change the atmosphere. And what's going on is he's, he's already there, but he's making it real to you. And once you get that every single day, it's insatiable. It's like a new addiction. It's like, I can't, I just got to go and y'all leave me alone. I'm going to spend my time <laughs> with the Lord. And a husband and three kids, I know you're probably constantly reminding them, I got to have my time. I do. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I do need that. And I don't want, I, I just don't want to put off any false pretenses that things are all great and you know, I've gone through that experience and my relationship with the Lord is just wonderful. Mm. Because like I said, there are distractions. I mean, this has been one of the hardest years mm. for our family through transition and mm-hmm. age and three, te- two teenagers and one right about to be, you know, just, it's been very, very difficult. 
and um, mm-hmm. and even, but I've known where to find my comfort and my peace, and I've I've needed incredible wisdom, you know. And so I I want people to know that life is still hard, life mm-hmm. still, <laughs> you know, there's still great joy yes. after suffering. Absolutely. But we're gonna we just again and again each day mm-hmm. you know so I, I just don't want to put any false pretense that I'm just Miss Sally Christian and all <laughs> life is good now that I've discovered my relationship with the Lord through cancer uh, well there, <laughs> you know? there's probably some people listening that that have had some tragedy and now you're on the other side and you love the Lord and you know that but but, but we're hoping that we've, we've spoken to you and that you realize yes. that's what's wrong with me I, I don't want to go through that again but I just don't want to have to go through that again to get where I was with the Lord. You don't have to. Mm-mm. You 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 just need to make Him your highest priority. Mm-hmm. That's that's all you need to do. And that's what it is. It's priorities mm-hmm. in life. Mm-hmm. Because gonna, you can't mm-hmm. get out in the world and give away something that you don't have, which is His love. Right. And when you go in and be still with Him, He'll fill you up. Especially now with all these all that's going on with Christmas and our family gatherings and our friends gatherings. I got to go and be someone people want to be around. So I need to spend my time with him first and fill up on his love so I can give something real away. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. there is some good things going on in the world, as bad as it seems. There really are. I don't even listen, really listen to the news anymore. I stay far away. Yeah. I, even with the weather, I mean, it's like pretty, pretty, there's a lot of drama there. Sports, it's like, really? <laughs> So I just am real selective. I know that you probably are too on, on what goes into my, through my ears. Mm-hmm. I try to be a half cup, mm-hmm. a full, a cup, half you full person. You are. So that's my days, no matter how hard or bad that I've got to find some good. I've Absolutely. got to find the positive. Absolutely. And just praise the Lord for yeah. whatever I can, whatever, all things that I see that day. You know, and I want to be that person too, because we all want the same thing to be loved, accepted and respected, I think. And mm-hmm. When we realize we're all just out there running around wanting the same thing, um, it makes a, a whole lot of sense. And hurting people hurt people. Everybody has certainly got their share of, of hurt going on. So my whole prayer is that I'll see the world and people the way the Lord does with those eyes of compassion. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and he knew who he was dealing with when he was on the earth. He, he knew him. And that's how come, you know, he was able to do what he did because he knew what they were thinking. He knew how sick they were, just like you know, we are, but we can still keep moving forward despite of what the enemy has, has thrown at us and, um, be that light, be that light that draws people to him. That's right. You know, and I know that you probably had people telling you that, I mean, you can say that, um, cause you are a half full kind of glass kind of girl. Um, and I know that he worked through you, Beth, to encourage people. He has, and there have been, um, unfortunately, mm-hmm. there have been half a dozen people at church or in my my path that have been diagnosed with cancer mm-hmm. that I've been able to to encourage. I've been able to pass on those little nuggets of wisdom mm-hmm. that were given to me mm-hmm. um, and just offer encouragement and hope and just a push. You know, just you can do it. Just yeah. Keep on keeping on. That's right. And that the fear is not from the from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Don't go there. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I've just, all the things that got me through, I've been able to pass on. And that has been a true, um, that's been a gift for me Absolutely. as well. And I've, I've had husbands 
and other hello mm -hmm. i've had as husbands Does and other people <laughs> uh, tell me thank you for encouraging my wife or i'm so thankful mm -hmm. that you were able to talk to them or her yes. at that time yeah. so it's definitely something i'm glad mm -hmm. to give um because I, d I just know how helpful it was to me mm -hmm. yeah so I hate that we still have that, you know, that people are going to keep on keeping, keep on getting cancer. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm thankful that I've got the Lord to offer. Absolutely. In those moments. And those of you that are listening, just um, we hope that that passage that that um, that Beth read to you helps because when you're right in the throes of something right in the very beginning, it's hard to hear that that it's all about your spiritual growth and it's all about perseverance. But Really, I don't know what you've been praying in your private time. I don't know if you've been praying to the Lord to go closer, to know Him deeper, to um, just maybe you've got a, a, a friend who's further along than you are, and you look at them and think, wow, I wish I could interpret Scripture like that or pray like she does or see the world the way He does. Well, we're not saying that the Lord put this on you, whatever it is you're going through, because you were praying and believing for all that, but He can certainly work through it. Mm -hmm. Because we're living in a fallen world and stuff is going to happen. But he can work through that to, to answer those prayers that you had to draw you to that place that you're so desperate for. We all have a, a, a hole in our heart that's shaped like the Lord. And he's the only one that can feel it. That's right. Yeah, and I can look back on my life and be grateful for all that I went through too. Simply because of not where I am or what I have now, but because of how I know him now. And how mm -hmm. much he truly loves me. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Well. It has been 53 minutes. That went by quick. <laughs> it does. And Two rambling girls. <laughs> I know. I just want you to, if there's one thing that the takeaway is that you want people to remember about what you've said, what would that be? I guess just that, um, just count it all joy. And I, I know that sounds so cliche-ish, but you, I really want, I don't want people to, to dwell in the in the fear, and I don't want them to um, to feel like they did something wrong mm -hmm. or God's punishing. Mm -hmm. Count your sufferings as a gift, mm -hmm. and just know that as a result of those trials, you're going to go closer to the Lord. Mm -hmm. You're going to go grow closer in relationship with someone, probably. Mm -hmm. I mean, just that trial will be used. Mm -hmm as a um to make god look good mm -hmm. to grow you as a as a person mm -hmm. as well mm -hmm. that's right and he's very real and he loves everybody listening and we love you too and we're so grateful that um you took the time to listen to us because we know you don't have a lot of time right now nobody does and uh, we just pray that you heard the lord through this discussion and uh, I want to thank you, Beth, for driving over and spending time away from your family. And Thank you. Yeah. I was honored to be here. Thank what you. What all you've got going. And we pray that you're encouraged and um, that you'll go back maybe and listen to parts of this, share it with someone else you know that may need to hear it. And we pray that um, you're better because of it, because you listen you know, today, tonight, wherever you are in the world. And until I talk to you tomorrow, and Scott does, and Beth, we just thank you and want you to have a safe trip home. We just encourage everybody to just keep living it up while beginning again.